0: Welcome back. Session two, I'm gonna begin this session with an article by a gal named Betsy Childs written to women, not the you you remember. Not the you you remember, an article for ladies. She writes, I listen to the morning radio that plays an ad for a local plastic surgeon. After offering facelifts and body enhancements, the ad urges women, be the you you remember. This slogan, one second, no. Does someone advance this for me? Part two, okay. No woman who has passed through the middle age and beyond is, is going to look like she did when she graduated from high school or got married, but there's a great deal of money to be made by suggesting that she can, can and should. Ironically, facelifts can leave women expressionless or worse, with the perpetual look of surprise. This look, and you've probably seen some of these. Uh, this look contrasts with the incredible expressiveness of an old woman whose every smile or grimace is echoed by a myriad of wrinkles, like ripples around a skipping stone. If you are a woman, I encourage you to give thanks that you do not look like you did when you were 18 or 24 or 32. If the Holy Spirit has been at work in your life, you are no longer the person you once were, and that is a cause for rejoicing. Women don't develop signs of age by sitting in the shade, a morning spent in the sun at the park chasing toddlers, an afternoon at the track meet, cheering on a a nephew, or a week at El Salvador providing dental care for the poor will eventually show up on your face. A wrinkled face is the sum of many days of living Days full of hard work, tears, and smiles. You will wish those days away? Would you give all your laughter to be rid of your laugh lines? Likewise, pregnancy and childbirth take a heavy toll on a woman's body. Gone is a tight abdomen after it stretches to hold another human. Breastfeeding may leave your chest sagging. Bearing children may have begun a battle with weight that you never quite win. But would you trade the memory of life stirring in your womb, the feeling of that child kicking and squirming for your once firm stomach? Would you exchange the hours you spent nursing your infant bonding with the baby at your breast for your former bus line? Not all of us will bear children, I haven't, she writes, but we will all age. Our lives are the sum of hours and the most significant of those hours were probably not spent at the gym, As writer Annie Dillard has said, how we spend our days is of course how we live our lives. If you are walking with God, signs of age are signs of faithfulness, of every day that he has kept you in the faith. Would you really want to trade the you you remember for the person who is looking more like Jesus every day? Isn't that a great article? Why did Betsy Childs write this article? Why did she write it? Two answers might be, women focus on what they look like, and women want to be beautiful. That could be true, it is true. But look like who? Look like to who? Look beautiful for who? All of those answers are true, but they start with the word women. But consider that we are the ones looking at women and approving or disapproving of women in valuing this or that in women and considering this or that to be beautiful in women. Physical beauty was not an accident in God's design. It's a kindness in God's design. There's physical beauty everywhere and women are beautiful to the eye. But in sin, we men make a God out of the creation and so girls need to write articles like this to encourage one another open up your bibles to proverbs 31 we're looking in this second session at a vision for sexual integrity so if you're building a building you you've got to know the law the physical laws of the universe and then you've got to have a vision for the building you got to have something that you're wanting to construct this is a vision for sexual integrity we usually think of proverbs 31 as for the ladies right So it's for the ladies, it's to show them what they should be like and uh, it's to make sure we have appropriately high expectations for them. But this chapter was actually written to a young man about what he should seek in a woman, what he should value and therefore cultivate in a woman. It wasn't written to make a Proverbs 31 woman, although women listen in, it was made first to make a Proverbs 31 man a man who actually wants a description of this woman. This is mom's advice to her boy. Here is what King Lemuel Lemuel remembered from his childhood, his instructions from his mother. Proverbs 31. The words of King Lemuel, an oracle that his mother taught him. I'm gonna work through this proverb as we go through this talk. We're gonna work our way from the top to the bottom. But before I get there, and we'll work from verses 10 through the end of the chapter, I wanna say a few things. I wanna answer the question, what do we need to know about this genre of scripture to get it right? Because proverbs are different than some other types of literature. First, wisdom literature is a matter of life and death. Lemuel's mom will say in verse 3, do not give your strength to women, your ways to those who destroy kings. At stake is his life. He needs to guard his life. The, uh, the wisdom of the magazine rack or the internet ad or the locker room is worldly wisdom. It's based on a lie about God, us, sexuality, and the world. But the wisdom literature in Proverbs is based on the truth about God, sexuality, ourselves, and the world, we ignore it to our hurt, and the wisdom from King Lemuel's mom is good wisdom, and it's for us, life and death. Second, wisdom aims at behavior and being, and being. The Proverbs are famous for their depictions of human behavior, the good, the bad, and the ugly, but the book is ultimately about what we become, who we are, Think about uh, its description of the sluggard. It's not just about the sluggard's behavior, but the sluggard being a sluggard, a fool. A fool's lips, lips walk into a fight and his mouth invites a beating. A rebuke goes deeper into a man of understanding than a hundred blows to a fool. Like a dog that returns to its vomit is a fool that repeats his folly. Whoever trusts his own mind is a fool, but he who walks in wisdom will be delivered. These are some Proverbs about fools. We act on appetites, and all of us act on appetites. And our appetites are a part of who we are. Wisdom is a matter of life and death. It addresses behavior, but also being. Third, wisdom is black and white. Having read Proverbs 31, if you've done that, it may well be the case that no woman came to mind Maybe the no woman came to mind. It's important to remember that Proverbs comes to us with extremes and opposites, with good and bad cause and effect to make really, really clear points. Was the Proverbs 31 woman here a perfect woman? Well, yes, in one sense, a perfect woman. But did Lemuel's mom really expect him to wait for this perfect woman? Make him totally ineligible with expectations like this. No, it's an ideal. Son, this is what you should look for, mom is saying. She knows there's no sinless girl or a girl who doesn't get tired or have a bad day or a bad attitude from time to time. She knows that there are hard days and hard times in a hard world, but she's giving her boy advice. This is Proverbs. It's uh, black and white, so remember that. Fourth, wisdom it begins and ends with God. 20 times in the Proverbs is mentioned the fear of the Lord. The first time, only seven verses deep. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. It is also its goal. All right, now there's all kinds of wisdom literature, and we could have gone other places that seem to have more to do with romance and sexuality, like, for example, Song of Solomon. We've got some stuff online uh, done in Song of Solomon at a seminar a few years ago, but my main reason is I just think that Proverbs 31 is neglected. I think it's a way neglected and underutilized approach to fighting lust and to building a life on sexual integrity. We focus on our sin that we're committing often, but this would focus us on where our affections should be placed, where our mind should be, what we should be desiring. And so by meditating this hour on Proverbs 31, we're going on the offense against the sin of lust, not merely trying to unhinge our heart from bad thoughts, but we're trying to fill our mind with good thoughts because God wants us to do more than not sin sexually. He wants us to properly value and encourage and esteem the women in our lives. He made women for much, much more than merely not being lusted after. And so we need Proverbs 31. That's why we're spending time in it. Now a lesson here may save your marriage, your life, or relationship. Some of us here complain in our hearts about and to our wives if we're married 10 times more than we commend them. And that is sin. It breeds more and more of the same and it poisons the souls of our wives and ours and makes our soul a perfect patch of ground for lust and sexual perversion. This proverb will correct our, uh, correction, our corrective habits. Some of us here don't complain about or to our wives. We just don't really notice them anymore. Sure, we talk to them and eat together, but a thousand wonderful things about them escape our notice. This proverb will fix that. It's an underutilized means of fighting sexual sin and enhancing a marriage. Proverbs 31 to the end of the chapter is a Hebrew acrostic working from A to Z of the Hebrew alphabet, 22. So I'm gonna give you 22 things to praise in a woman, one for every point in this proverb. And praise is the way I'm framing it up. It starts or ends verse 30, a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. So this is the exhortation. This is going to be a hyper-applicational talk sandwiched in the middle of uh, our time this morning. Every one of these 22 points, I'm pretty sure any one of you with a lady that you're close to, your mom, if you're not married, can put this to work now. And you can feel like you're failing in some ways in the area of sexual temptation. You can nail this. If you've got a pen and a paper and a little bit of observation skills, put the pen in the hand, put it to the paper, and on this piece of paper I gave you, write out things that you're going to say with your mouth to your wife or to your mom or to a lady that needs to hear it to train your heart to observe and to affirm, and your heart will come around even if it's not there. All right, this should be fun. Proverbs 31 it's about praising that which is praiseworthy in a woman. Let's do this. First, praise her excellencies. Praise her excellencies. An excellent wife who can find, verse 10. She's far more precious than jewels. Jewels are valuable. An excellent wife, more so. Who's watching the playoffs? Basketball. All right. It's the first time I've watched the playoffs in 15 years. I am stoked. The bull's just lost. That's all right. Um, but I grew up watching Jordan. Uh, I grew up. Uh, the first year I ever watched basketball was the first year of their three first three Pete, and they did it again and again, and they did it three more times. And then when Jordan was done, I couldn't bring myself to pay any attention to another team or another sport or anything. I'm back. I was collecting basketball cards in the '90s. You see, because when I was a kid, there were all these stories of our parents who had basketball or baseball cards that were incredibly valuable. Well, the problem is, like every kid my age, heard those stories and went and bought basketball cards or baseball cards, and and they just printed them for us. <laughs> They're not worth anything. Um, I got I got a box like this full of these things, and I went one by one on eBay. I might find one that's worth a few bucks. I might just, I don't, know, I don't know what to do with them. They're taking up space. Literally, they're worth dollars each. An excellent wife is hard to find, and any excellent wife is precious. This is actually the header for the rest of what Lemuel's mom says. Now, none of our wives are perfect women. All of our wives have excellencies. All of our wives are in their own way rare. And I am, by the way, going to speak for this talk as a husband to husband, so if you don't have a, a wife, listen in. If you're married, these things, uh, these are things to praise in your wife, where you find them in any degree, and there are things to pray for and cultivate in your wife, if you, where you don't find them. If you aren't married, these are things to look for and for yourself, pray that you actually find these things praiseworthy. I'll give you a few examples of what this sounds like on our, on our lips, maybe in my home. Some of them might be a little, uh, they might sound a little more sanctified than it come out in my house, but it's how I threw it down on paper, so here it goes. Christy, you're an excellent wife in so many ways. There's really nothing I could be given that would compare with the value and the pleasure that you bring to my life. You're more important than the many things I talk so highly about. A Favorite restaurant, a bike, my buddies, our home. A recent deal? Forgive me for the times I've wrongly taken you for granted. You're wonderful. Men, praise your wives for their, her excellencies. Second, praise her character. Verse 11 the heart of her husband trusts in her, and he'll have no lack of gain. The husband trusts in his wife. She's a woman of character, so she completes him, no lack of gain. Her character is the heart of her worth. Her character is her true shape. It's the shape of her soul. You ever seen a pretty girl? And you thought she was a pretty girl struggling with lust. And then she complains. Or she's rude. And all of a sudden, she's ugly. I got this memory in eighth grade of this really pretty girl in gym. And it was like three days later, she was the ugliest girl in gym. What is going on there? Her character is her true shape. And the soul of a woman gives her body its true beauty. My son and I will watch a show called Roadkill. Anyone watch Roadkill? Awesome, man. Those guys figured it out. All right, so two guys decide to make up an internet show and they're fame internet famous and they're deal they're just really good with cars and they think up, they're gonna go to this city and they got one day to find an old Corvette and they're gonna strip it down and then put it inside some other thing and then take it into the dunes. Uh, they come up with all these things. They're gonna drive across the country and uh, whatever. You learn real quick watching this show that if it's an ugly car, it could be an awesome car. Um, that the looks are deceiving. Growing up, I remember uh, loving Lamborghinis, pictures of Lamborghinis all over my bedroom wall. I remember asking mom why we couldn't just stick a Lamborghini body on the stupid station wagon, which is so ugly. And she had some kind of explanation. I didn't really care what was under the hood at the moment. But I think that uh, by the time I was a driver, if you'd put a Lamborghini on top of a station wagon, I'd care real quick what was under the hood. So with our wives, we care about what's under the hood. We want to praise what's on the inside, what's truly valuable, her character. In his book, Practicing Affirmation, Sam Crabtree writes, God is glorified in us when we affirm the work he has done and is doing in others. In fact, he says, to fail to commend the character of Christ in people is to to fall into the same lackluster indifference of a person who never exclaims that a beautiful morning is, what a beautiful morning it is, thereby robbing the creator of glory he deserves for making that sky, that volcano, that character. That's from a book called Practicing Affirmation, which you should get and which you should read. It'll give you a theology of affirmation and it'll help you do it better than you do it now uh, and in ways that are meaningful. I'll quote him a few more times before we're done. If you can trust your wife and you don't overflow with praise for that, then you're hugely mistaken as to what you deserve. Here's Martin Luther. The greatest gift of God is a pious spouse who fears God and loves his church and with whom one can live in perfect Confidence. So here's what I might say to my wife. Christy, I'm, s- I'm so glad i married to a woman I can trust. You're a woman of character. God is blessing me as he, ha- as he is at work in you. I trust you and it's as if I lack nothing. I'm so glad I can trust you. I never have a reason to be suspicious about what you're doing, buying, writing, reading, or thinking. And babe, I wanna quote the great reformer, Martin Luther, to you. The greatest gift of God is a pious spouse who fears God and loves his church and with whom one can live in perfect confidence. It's enough just to say, I thank God I can trust you. I can't see your computer screen. I'm not worried. I'm not even thinking about it. I have to make myself think about I might have to think about it with a different wife. Who knows? And every wife is different. But if you can trust your wife, say so. Don't take it for granted. Third, praise her Loyalty. Verse 12, she does him good and not harm all the days of her life. I'm using the word loyalty here. All the days of her life, the idea of loyalty carries with it the ideas of persevering support, her covenant faithfulness. It was not good that man was alone and God put a woman with the man and when a woman stays with a man, she's loyalty and does him good all the days of her life. Here's what this should sound like in my home. Christy, my life is so much better for having you in it, period. And then maybe another sentence. You are devoted to me in a way that pleases God. Thank you. Notice we're to praise what she does. She does her husband good. The rest of this chapter really describes the activity of the woman, which reveals the character of the woman, but the activity is worth praising. And by the way, this is why I'm saying this is a really applicational talk, because you can watch what your wife does And you can take note, I saw her do this and it looked tiring. I am going to mention that in an hour. Uh, And then say, babe, I noticed you doing this. Thank you. Uh, So this is a helpful exercise. That's three, praise her loyalty. Fourth, praise her diligence. Verse 13, she seeks wool and flax and works with willing hands. This word seeks is one of many, many verbs that describe her work. This is an active girl and the word works captures much of what this chapter describes. She is a worker. The orientation of her life is toward the home, not work as something as an end in itself or an accomplishment for her or a contribution to society or a company, although she may make them. her Ultimately, her work is oriented toward the good of her family. To borrow another image from Proverbs, she is not like the sluggard who plants a field and neglects it. It's overgrown with thorns and thistles. His hands won't work. He won't get out of bed. As a door turns on its hinges, so the sluggard turns in his bed. I like this one. He buries his hand in the dish and he is too weary to bring it back to his mouth. Okay, okay. Uh, if, if your wife isn't burying her hand in the dish and leaving it there, then thank her for her work. Say she's no sluggard. She works happily. Here's what it should sound like in my house. Christy, you work hard, thank you. You're making beds, cleaning up throw-up, changing diapers, washing clothes, preparing the home for guests by yourself when I'm gone for the day. You do a good job. You're diligent. Fifth, praise her for her thrift. Verse 14, she's like the ships of the merchant. She brings her food from afar. She researches her options. She coupons. She goes out and gets the right food from the right places. Some of you may be married to women who are really proud of where they get their food. Maybe you are. Commend them for it. Some of you own half a cow. Anyone here own half a cow? Okay, you people. I think it'd be cool to have half a cow. Talk to me about the cow thing. Give me the pitch. Whatever the case, wherever your wife buys milk, if she's the one buying milk, thank her for milk. I don't think, this would be important in my home, I don't think I've ever opened up the fridge without milk. I don't think I've ever thanked my wife that every time I open up the fridge, there's milk. We're stacked. Thanks for the milk. Praise her thrift. She's getting it and a good deal. Six at a time when my brother was coming to town a few years ago. <laughs> She's getting ready. Here's what that sound like in my home. Thanks for going out for food at Smith's late at night and at the right time. Thanks for shopping between stores to keep the food bill and budget. You're thrifty and I appreciate it. Praise her for her cooking. Number six, verse 15. She rises while it is still night And provides food for her household and portions for her maidens. Food is hard to make, and it's the domain of many wives in their care for the family, depending on how the home is set up. She doesn't get to stop making it, and so, men, we should not stop thanking her for it. We don't stop ticking our favorite server, tipping our favorite server at the restaurant because, oh, we know that she knows that we appreciate her. Can you imagine? (laughs) I tipped her last time. I tipped her a few times ago. She knows that I appreciate her hard work. Mm, No. Uh, As long as she's serving, she deserves her reward. Same with our wives. Food preparation is a tiring and often thankless work. It should not be, for all of our sins and inadequacies, men, it should not be, this kind of thing should not be a thankless work in our homes. Part of your manhood and your masculinity and your husbandness is f- thanking the lady in your life for the way that she contributes in simple and repetitive ways that are near constant that bless you. Christy, I see how hard you work to make this food and how much preparation goes into it. Thank you. The food is wonderful. Straight up, simple, simple, seemingly boring acknowledgments of plain everyday things would probably like double the quality of your wife's life. In fact, try it and ask her, has this helped? I've been working on this. Seventh, praise her resourcefulness. Verse 16, she considers a field and buys it. With the fruit of her hands, she plants a vineyard. She plants a vineyard, she buys a field. Now notice that Proverbs 31 is not letting us fall into either of two ditches. The ditch that says the woman's place is the home, she's considering a field and she's buying the field. But neither does it let us say women run the world because she's doing this in a context of her orientation, toward the good of her home and her family. Her domain is largely the home in Proverbs 31. And she is busy in the world for the purpose of her home. Same with men actually, the Christian worldview has a home at the middle of it, not a workplace at the middle of it. The workplace does not only or merely serve our homes, but it does in our own lives first serve our homes. If the Lord has blessed us with family. She's good with the resources of life, waits for the deal. She's resourceful. She thinks carefully about a purpose. She's industrious, thrifty, not a spender. She knows how to invest and manage the family's resources. So if you have a wife who spends carefully and has self-control, you have no idea how good you have it. I have it good in this way. I have had buddies whose wives were out of control when it comes to the credit card and the trouble that it caused them. Here's what that should sound like in my home Christy, thank you for looking so hard after our rental home and then finding us such a great deal on the home we're in now. I notice how hard you work with such patience to buy clothes in the off season, even a year ahead for the kids, noting how big they will be when they're all ready. For a new coat or a new sweater, really good work. Eighth, praise her strength, verse 17. She dresses herself with strength, strength and makes her arms strong. <clears throat> I think this is talking about muscles. It says makes her arm strong. Women in the ancient world doing the kind of stuff this woman was doing would have needed strength to accomplish their work. And those muscles would be Worthy of commendation. And must need, um, women need muscles still. Here's what that should sound like in my home. Christy, it's impressive how often you're trying to get to the gym. You would probably destroy me in a fight. And I'm actually not kidding. Uh, she's a strong gal. Praise her strong body, praise her strong brains. Ninth, praise her intelligence. Verse 18. She perceives that her merchandise is profitable. Her lamp does not go out at night. I'm zeroing in on that word perceives there. She perceives that her merchandise is profitable. She has insight, a certain kind of intelligence, merchandise intelligence in this case. Women have different kinds of perceptions and smarts. Praise the intelligence of the lady or ladies in your life. Christy, I'm impressed with how much you read for a mom with three kids, and you've stayed curious and insightful. You're perceptive about the world, and it's a blessing to me. Keep reading. Tenth, praise her skill. Verse 19, she puts her hands to the distaff, and her hands hold the spindle. She's got skills, she can do stuff with her hands. My wife used to make greeting cards for people before uh, we had kids. She'd make these things. They were amazing. I have these little gifts she'd give me when we were dating. She's skilled with organizing our home. She's very skilled with organizing gatherings and events and things of this nature. She deserves praise for it. Christy, thanks for managing the laundry so well. I'm never out of anything. I notice how carefully organized our closets are. I'd be a mess without you. Thank you for your hard work at ordering our home. You're good at it. But for all of her business smarts and skill and profitability, she's not full of herself. Her life and work is not self or even merely family-centered. She probably has maids. The Proverbs 31 woman here does. Eleventh, praise her generosity. Verse 20, she opens her hand to the poor and reaches out her hands to the needy. Her hand works, and what she produces, she holds with an open hand. She's generous with her reward. Christie, I'll never forget my first impression of you, and when, when learning that you started a ministry among the elderly at an old folks' facility in Chicago back in college. Keep that kind of thing up. Twelve. Praise her foresight. Her foresight. Verse twenty-one. She's not afraid of snow for her household, for all her household are clothed in scarlet. She's like an ant. She's thinking about the future. It was uh, maybe 10 years ago, I got in my brother's car to ride somewhere with him and the car made a really loud rattling noise. It didn't sound like an engine. It sounded a little bit closer. I noticed something hanging down out of the dash onto the ground in the passenger front seat it's a little like mid-90s Acura. This had been in the mid-2000s. Um, my brother had been out of town for a couple weeks and he'd come back and he heard the rattling. And uh, so he sort of undid something, pulled this fan down. Some squirrel, when my brother was out of town, had basically made a home and was dumping piles and piles of seeds inside my brother's car where you really couldn't get without taking the thing apart. So, turn the AC on and it's just, just blowing seeds all over. It's probably part of a squirrel in there. The things uh, got foresight. God has built foresight into the animals. And if your wife has foresight, if she's making preparations for future needs, she's not afraid of the snow for her household, for all her household are clothed in scarlet. She's made preparations. Squirrel is being awesome in that case, and our wives are being awesome when they prepare us for winter. Christy, thank you that we are never out of batteries or milk or lights or really anything, with only rare exceptions. Our clids are clothed for each season. I haven't bought a piece of clothing for any of them. Thank you. Well, that's something you can say to your wife. Praise her foresight. It almost sounds silly, but I actually believe that kind of observation, if I praise Christy for it, will be a signal to her that I appreciate not only this, but everything else she does to prepare our family for life together. If you can pick out some small things that she's doing in caring for the family and speak to those in very specific ways, it may automatically affirm her in other things she's doing you're not noticing at all, or that you are noticing but haven't opened your eyes. Your mouth about. Thirteenth, praise her appearance. Verse 22, she makes bed coverings for herself. Her clothing is fine linen and purple. This is talking about the bedroom. Bed coverings are her way of helping cultivate, I think, the sexual interest of her husband in fine linen and purple clothing. Is the same, she's protecting her husband's eyes in this way, she's owning and investing in the sexual life of the marriage. And here's what that would sound like in my home. No, I'm just joking, I'm not doing it. We'll say that one. I'm not gonna tell you. Listen, compliment her clothes, compliment her jewelry, compliment the ways that she gives attention to her appearance. If you would wish for her to give more attention to her appearance, Praise her wherever she does and see what happens. Fourteenth, praise her reputation. Reputation, verse 23. Her husband is known in the gates when he sits among the elders of the land. She is famous as a woman of character and her husband is known as her husband. Maybe not only her husband, but he's also known as her husband. This is true for who she is and also who she isn't. She isn't a gossip, doesn't slander, isn't a bitter person. She's not famous for the wrong reasons. She's famous for her character. She's known, husband is, her husband is known in the gates when he sits among the elders of the land. So here's how that sound in my home. Christy, I'm proud to be married to you and to be known as your husband. You're gentle, faithful, friendly, supportive. People tell me this. Everyone knows it. And everyone speaks well of you. Fifteenth, praise her creativity. Verse 24, she makes linen garments and sells them. She delivers sashes to the merchants. She's making stuff. She's making stuff that can sell She's making nice things other people want to buy. Does your wife make something, anything, anything at all? If she makes anything at all, say, uh, I've noticed that you make these things and you do a good job at it. (laughs) So look out for ways in which your wife is creating, being creative. Maybe it's in the chore chart for the children that she's invested some heart and color and creativity and spice Put your finger on that and say, That's cute. I like it. You're doing good work. I like the creativity around here. If she's the one responsible for a good looking house on the inside. Give her all the credit for that. Praise her for it. Does she sell stuff on Etsy? Praise her for it. 16th, praise her resilience. Resilience. Verse 25. Strength and dignity are her clothing and she laughs at the time to come. A laugh indicates something. She's happy about life. She's cheerful and she's strong. In this case, she laughs at the future. She bounces back. She doesn't fret. She's ready for what's to come. Remember, these are ideals. Remember wisdom literature, black and white. This is a destruction of an, of an absolutely ideal woman. Our wives will be all over the board depending on their constitution emotionally, but where they are resilient and looking forward, where they laugh at the future, thank God out loud to them for their laughter, for their heart, for their resilience. And here's what that sound like in my home. Christy, you endure a lot of hard work the kid, with the kids and you laugh even on the busiest days. You look forward to the reward of well-behaved children and the lasting love between them and us and you're working hard at it. And that perspective is contagious and it chills me out when I am annoyed. Thank you. 17th, praise her speech. Praise her speech, verse 26. She opens her mouth in wisdom and the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. The scariest woman is the woman with a dangerous tongue. The scariest human being is a human being. The tongue is like a fire. Uh, If one spouse in a marriage is a gossip or a slanderer, this is so destructive within the marriage and without. If your wife speaks wisdom and has control of her tongue, praise her for it. Praise her carefulness, her truthfulness, her instruction, her sweetness with her words. My wife is always teaching our children If I'm home for a good stretch in a day where she's maybe downstairs with the kids and I'm working upstairs, she is talking. For as many questions as they're asking, she is answering patiently, carefully with instruction and teaching all day long. It is very impressive to me. I should make sure that I'm speaking about this to Christy to keep it up. Our children are so blessed by God to have such a patient teacher in you. Christy, you're always teaching them about the world. You bless our family with your patient, your kind, and your instructive words. I'm impressed. Eighteenth, praise her love for her family. Verse 27, she looks well to the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. She looks well to the ways of her household. Sometimes I can imagine my wife eating the bread of idleness, If I come home and things are a little disheveled and my mood is a match and I've lost sleep and and my sin is provoked from within me, I can imagine, hope the least, my wife eating the bread of idleness. What I almost always soon find out is that the day has been filled with traveling about the city, with doctor's appointments, with errands in support of my family. I am usually just sinfully out of my mind and as if I should expect a perfect wife anyways. She deserves to sit on the couch sometimes and rarely just does. She looks well to the ways of our household and doesn't eat the bread of idleness. As your wives are giving themselves to the good of their household, may they hear it from your lips. Christy, I noticed that you were up all night with the kids. No, actually, I was sleeping. I learned about it when I woke up and you told me. You served me a nice meal this evening. I know you had a lot of errands today and swimming for the kids. If the house is a mess, it must be because you've been working so very hard for us. I don't think I'd say it exactly like that. You get the drift. Thank you for loving. I probably wouldn't even mention the house. I probably start cleaning the house. That's what you do. Dad, you've had a long day. Uh, Go to Starbucks. Sometimes I'll do that for Christy. If it's the right day, that's a good word for her. All right. Her hard work is her love for her family. Nineteenth, praise her benefits to her children. Praise her benefits to the children. Verse 28. Her children rise up and call her blessed, blessed. Her husband also, and he praises her. Consider men that children are more likely to praise their mothers and honor their mothers with their words if we are honoring our wives and thanking our wives with our words, and specifically indicating their benefits to us and to the kids. There have been seasons where I am better at worse than this. If I am good at this, I am actually sometimes taken aback by my kids getting specific and affirming with Christy. Like, what kid does that? Specifically says thank you mom for this or that. Well I don't know, I guess all kids should. but, they, but it will often follow how well I'm doing there. Praise your wife for the benefits that she offers to the children, and they'll follow suit. Christy, you're a great mother to these kids. Kids, let's thank the Lord for, for mom tonight as we pray. How can we thank the Lord for her? Carson, can you tell your mom in the morning, thank you for this? Do it, good. Tell me how that goes. Twentieth, praise her exceptional qualities. Verse 29, many women have done excellently, but you surpass them all. Every woman will have different strengths, different excellencies. But your wife, if the Lord has blessed you with a wife, is your wife and she has her own set of strengths and excellencies. And as it is, she is the best wife that you have. Praise her for the benefits she is to you and for her exceptional qualities. Christy, you're the best. Fill in the blank, you're the best. You're doing great. 21st, praise her godliness. Verse 30, charm is deceitful and beauty is vain. But a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. And this here is not just another quality, it is the flux capacitor of qualities. It explains the rest of this proverb and how it's possible. She has an awe of God. Now, if you're thinking, I wish my wife had an awe of God, remember it's his ideal. And it's black and white. If your wife isn't a believer, obviously you would have to tailor this for your situation. In this specific case, if your wife knows the Lord, wherever there is an expression of godliness and reverence for the Lord and faithfulness to him, take note, speak about it to her, praise her for her godliness. Sam Crabtree, again, the absence of affirmation for God's handiwork in his people is also a kind of sacrilege. It is disobedience to God's command. A woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. A woman will eventually lose her looks, or better, her looks will change. But like leather, all of us can age well. Fake leather that peels is unsightly. It is not the same thing as real leather. And as our women grow in godliness, they grow in character, their souls mature. Watch it, affirm it. Christie. for everything else you do well, the very best thing about you is your godliness. You love God more than me or the kids. If I woke up one day and said, I think I'm done with church, you would pray for me and speak to me and exhort me. I trust you. You love the Lord first. 22nd. And the last one, praise her publicly. So this isn't really one of her virtues. Um, this is a way to go about it. Praise her publicly, verse 31. Give her the fruit of her hands. There's a command for you. Give her the fruit of her hands. Let her works praise her in the gates. For every excellence, excellency a woman displays. She deserves praise. There are a few men in our church, many men in our church, but a few that come to mind who do this well and their wives walk around here with a smile. They speak well of their wives when their wives are not around them and they speak well of their wives when their wives are standing right there and their wives glow. We can all do a better job of this. I can do a much better job of this. We should say these things to her in private, affirming things, but also in public, We should say these things to her in front of her family and in front of her friends. Women in our culture need to know that being rare is a good thing. They are all alone in their pursuit of godliness, largely. The world does not reward Christian virtue with the attention that they desire. So guys, would your wife be really encouraged? Would she be really encouraged and heartened for reading the article that I opened with? Or is that kind of message, the message that is the refrain of your life and home? She would even hear your voice in the author's pen on the page as she reads it. Outer beauty is wonderful, and of course, inner character is even more precious. Maybe you figure you've already told her she's beautiful. You know what I'm going to say to that? Let Sam Crabtree say it. Affirmations tend to evaporate after time. A fire not stoked goes out. A refrigerator unplugged rots the eggs, which were perfectly good not too long ago. A garden not tended erupts with weeds, not vegetable. Affirmation is the fire-stoking, refrigerator-electrifying, garden-tending side of relationships. Let your wife know that she is beautiful that she is a beautiful person, especially? Does she know that she's invaluable? Does she know that she is rare? Does she know that she is precious? Are you the market in your home for an excellent wife? This is what we want to praise in our wives. We want our boys to value in women and what we want our daughters to pursue. And whether we are single or married, it is what we can contribute to and affirm in appropriate ways in the lives of the ladies in our church and wherever we are. So now back to sexuality and sexual temptation and sexual sin. This wisdom in Proverbs is not just given to reinforce what we intuitively know, but to correct us largely where we actually go wrong. As with so many things, we have to be trained in righteousness in Proverbs 31, is part of God's way of training us in righteousness. We have to be told the way that it is, what is truly beautiful, and be made by the word of God and his spirit to value what is truly valuable. So how gullible are you? How superficial are you? Remember the line, charm is deceitful and beauty is vain. Charm is deceitful. How gullible are you? Beauty is vain. How superficial are you? I was a drummer in high school, now I just drum on my knees. Um, There was a guy, he had a really nice drum set at my church. He put a lot of money into this drum set and he was not a very talented drummer. Beautiful kit, it sparkled and he had all matching symbols like this. A custom symbols, Looked really pretty. He was polishing one and he used the wrong kind of stuff and it sort of took some of the uh, the finish off or the, what was it, the print off. Oh, he couldn't have that anymore. Um, He sold it to me real cheap. I still have that symbol. My point is, is that he was sort of a superficial drummer. Any of you who have done anything well, know there are the guys who can't do it really well but will put a lot of money into the thing that is associated with the activity. Are you superficial? Are you superficial, focusing on looks and not the deeper things? Piper, the soul shrinks to the size and the quality of its pleasures. To the issue of pornography, if you are addicted to pornography in a spiral downward, your soul is shrinking and shrinking by the click. I don't mean that as an insult but as a description of reality. With every click and every moment of consumption, your ability to perceive true beauty is being choked. Your ability to read and relate with Proverbs 31 is being choked. Your ability to be used of God to bless the women in your life is being choked. And with every click, you are stealing that blessing from yourself and from them and glory from God. There's an exhortation and a warning from Proverbs 31. Consider this woman. She is no girl. She is a real woman. And the one who praises her is no boy, he is a real man. Lemuel's mom knew what was good for Lemuel, and it's good for us too. He didn't forget it, he wrote it down when he was king. And God put it in the Bible so that we wouldn't forget it either. So Proverbs 31 for a bunch of men because that's who it was written for in the first place. The ladies only listen in.